The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Support for Armchair and the Saints Happy Hour podcast comes from Manscaped, who is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their Lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. And don't use the same trimmer on your face as you using on your balls. That's just nasty. Manscaped also has the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the job. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code armchair. Welcome to the Saints Happy Hour podcast featuring Dave Cariello, Andrew Juge, Ralph Malbro, and when he decides to show up, Kevin Held. We are the perfect blend of Saints sincerity and stupidity. Oh, deception! Oh, deception. Matt Ryan! <laughs> oh my god! Wie eine Puppe gibt er ihn die Stiffe ab und er fliegt auf den Boden! Hör doch mal auf! And now, here's your host, Ralph Malbro. All right, everybody, welcome to Saints Happy Hour Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Oh, where to begin? What a weekend it was, boys. Yeah, it's, oh, really, yeah. it's really weird to talk to you guys on the phone. I'm just so yeah. used to doing this in person. Yeah, this feels, no, this feels right. I feel I so pan- disconnected from you guys right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm, pant- I'm pantsless again now. This feels right. <laughs> feels yeah, good. people... People really enjoyed the live show. I had a lot of people DM me on Twitter saying they wish they would have showed up. They listened to the the, the rebroadcast, which I have to. I'll take the L on that one. I said that the audio for the when we recorded it, it would be terrible. Of course, it was amazing because uh, Craig, the audio guy, was fantastic at the live show. The uh, the audio was the best audio we've ever had for this I show. Known probably that Ralph not controlling the audio was a good sign for the show. <laughs> yeah, as soon as as soon as you take Ralph out of the equation, audio <laughs> sounds great. like magic. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and by the way, all you people DMing me, you didn't show up. You're not getting a T-shirt. All right, you should have showed up. Yes, yes, you are. Give us your address. Yeah, no, wait, no. just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. I mean. We had at one point we had like I think almost ninety people in there, and only sixty three of you people got your T-shirts. So what were you doing? You know, Ralph. My wife was in the corner waiting people, to meet you people. When when it's ninety people, you just say a hundred, bro. <laughs> I don't know the math. I got the, I got the number from Dave's mom though. Numbers here. 
Yeah. And th- but thanks to the uh, the bird calls people, Kevin Barrios, he did most of the legwork setting it up. Uh, I had to host the Pelicans thing after. If you, if you haven't listened to you the live show. You did a great show. job, man. I, I was impressed. I was very surprised at you name-dropping P.J. Brown. Um, <laughs> I remember him. <laughs> asking when Zion was going to come back. You asked all the right questions. You were prepared. You had knowledge of the topic. It was like someone hit you over the head with the Pelican stick. <laughs> was, I mean, I watched. Like, I watched. You, like, you, you, you were like Kevin Held when he watches the Saints game. Yeah, I mean, but better. I I watch a good ten minutes of every Pelicans game. I have the league pass, you know. Um, First half before the third quarter when it all falls apart. Every game, right? Every time. But seriously, listen to the listen to the live show at Tracy's. It was amazing. It was fantastic. Thanks for everybody for coming out. We're gonna do it again next year. We just gotta figure out how. Um, but yeah, no, that, I just I just want to say that I'm like seriously humbled by all the people that came out like it's crazy to think that there are even more people that didn't even show up that listened to us and uh it was i just thought it was really funny that there were people who were like kind of geeking out at the fact that they were like actually meeting us oh yeah like Like, i mean like that was about that was probably saturday night was probably about uh, about as close as i'm gonna get to like feeling like i'm some rock star yeah some famous actor or whatever i mean and it's i also think it was funny because it seemed like there were certain fans and listeners uh who gravitated toward like each one of us like you know people would go up to ralph and be like oh you're my favorite person or people would go up to andrew and be like oh you're my favorite on the podcast or come up to me oh i i listen because of you or whatever and it's like it's funny that no one no one did that to kevin though (laughs) i had i had jed come up to me i had i met i met my twitter hero skooks in person i I met. Yeah, I know that was. I was gonna. I tweeted. I was like, I met Skooks. I can. I can die now. It's fine. Isabel, one of the great patron spotlights we've done. She showed up, and and I took a picture with her. I look like a hostage in the picture, of course. But uh, it was very nice to to meet her. Uh, we had. It was just. It was just fantastic to meet everyone. Well, that's the funny thing is, you know, you interact with all these people on Twitter and on, you know, social media. And they're kind of like, and maybe maybe you have a picture of them and say put their picture on their profile, but it's like this faceless interaction, this kind of non-human interaction. And I don't know, it was just really cool to meet those people in person. And I like the fact that Dave had this shy Tuttle socks. He wore the sunglasses like a rock star the whole time. Um, and it I was just, just didn't want everybody to know how drunk I was. <laughs> I was, I was, I was, I drank. Right up into the point where I was like, I need to stop because I was just doing. I did. I was doing Jack and Coke, alternating with Jack Daniels over ice. Um, but as fun as Saturday night was, last night, Dave might have been even better. I can't. More funner. Be- I can't believe Drew Brees. I'm gonna say, last night might be his. I don't know, Sistine Chapel of Saints game. I, is it was it his best performance ever as a saint? I mean, I think you could <laughs> I mean, I have a, I have a few things to say about it. I mean, first of all, uh you know, Drew Brees is the greatest quarterback that's ever played in the NFL. Fuck the Tom Brady shit. Um, you know, Tom Brady is only considered great because he's won so many Super Bowls. Well, football's a team sport and he won a lot of those Super Bowls because he was on a great team. 
you put Drew Brees yeah, on. Yeah, I'd the- like to. I'd like to see Brady play with those uh, some of those defenses we had. It's good to be. Yeah, I, I, I mean, as far as as far as being a quarterback, as an individual, as a pure passer. It's not even close that Drew Brees has way more athleticism and talent, in my, in my personal opinion. He's, he's the best decision maker. He's the most accurate. Uh, and I, I don't see how I, I get. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Get the rings thing, but it's, again, that's, that's a team stat. Super Bowls are team stats. They're not individual performances. Uh, I mean, just, you know, he's got the most passing yards in his career, most passing touchdowns in his career, most passes completed, uh, most passing yards per game, highest completion percentage. This is all these most are all touchdowns the, consecutively in games, right? He owns, yeah, right. He owns all of these fucking records. Uh, and he's still playing, and he may still play, and he will probably play past when Brady plays. Um, now, the other thing about the record, I, I, which I don't know, I, don't, I, don't, I haven't heard anybody else talk about this, but, I mean, think about this. If Brady and Breeze play into next year and play next season, which I, I, I'm assuming they probably are, um, you know, we could have a situation where they're, like, going back and forth, like, throughout the season, and it's going to be like a race to see, you know, because people will be saying, well, this could be the last season for both of them. And it's gonna, it, we could have like a Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa thing going on where we're watching every week <laughs> to see where each quarterback is and what they're doing uh, to see who's going to finish the season or in the playoffs with the, uh, with the most touchdown passes. Well, here's the thing, though. I feel like unless New England gets their offense fixed, like – Drew Brees is going to pull away because yeah. Andrew he's got Michael fucking Thomas and I the watched that, their only reason they're close in, anyway is because Brees missed five games this and, year and I watched New England on as uh you know the, the, during you know as my, my wife, wife my wife was driving me back to Houston uh, I watched them versus Cincinnati their offense is like a constipated toilet like their line is terrible their receivers are terrible um. They're playing. You mean a cl- you mean a clogged toilet? Uh, yeah, clogged toilet, constipated toilet. Eh, maybe combine two things. You can be constipated or on the toilet. But uh, they play that corner Gilmore. They play him at wide receiver, man. Um, sometimes, but I I think Brady's gonna pull away from it. But Dave, 
But to well, go back to your, to go back to your, was it his greatest game? I, I don't know. I, I mean, that that's the crazy thing about this is it's almost disappointing that he had this, you know, because obviously what we just let off with, we let off with the record for most touchdowns in his career, but we're burying potentially the lead here and we're not talking about the what 29 for 30. What was it? Yeah. Uh, the 90, 98. What, what was the final completion percentage? I mean, I know he missed one pass, but he set a, a game record for being a, 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 a an efficiency record. That's what I was going to say. I, I've dropped this line three times and I'm going to drop it again. Cause I just think it's the, the it's the most hilarious thing. On this is the most typical Drew Brees thing ever, and this is why he's not human and he's the greatest. On his way to breaking an NFL record, he broke an NFL record, a different one. Ninety-six point seven. I mean, it's fucking. I mean, like, it's it's fucking crazy to think that, like, and 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 not many people are going to remember that part of it because he because the the bigger moment was the was the passing touchdowns, uh, and it's just. Like, I, I wish he had just done that in another game so we could all have a whole week to talk about, holy shit, how he fucking, he, he went 29 for 30 or whatever the hell it is. I mean, that's that's incredible. And and p- part of that obviously has to do with Mike Thomas. I mean, yeah. you know, he's, he's, he's a he's great He's going to break the but record. It, but he's going to break the catch like record in Nashville this, this week. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. He's doing it. But isn't it great that we went into that game all juiced, all excited, like Drew needs three touchdowns to break this record. And little did we know, he wasn't going to just break that record. He was going to break two. Yeah. No. It's crazy. How, how I just, I don't understand how he's, he's aging like fucking fine wine. Like, he's only getting better. I don't understand it. I mean, these last two seasons have been some of his best work. Well, I mean, he was on the injury report with an uh, elbow, by the way. I, yeah, I know. I know. Seven years ago, you know, in training camp, he, every year, you know, for three years straight, he'd give the reporters a soundbite about how he wants to play until he's 45. He's now 40. He's only getting better. And, and we used to laugh about it back then. We used to say, that's, that's not even fucking possible. That's a joke. Uh, and here we are. And it's like, uh, that's totally within the realm of possibility. It's totally. And he could be 45 and he could be. Who the fuck knows what the hell he'll be doing at that point? I mean... He might be levitating above the offensive line to throw his fucking passes. It's... (laughs) He's only getting stronger. Well, the other thing is we all know that the who makes the Pro Bowl and who doesn't is all encompassing. And it's it's the most true form of evaluation in the history of the NFL. Uh, but Tom Brady did not make the Pro Bowl this year for the first time since 2008. Uh, but you know who did, despite missing almost six games? Drew Brees. Yeah. Just I, just saying. I mean, I, I hate to be a prisoner of the moment because, you know, I, initially after, you know, the 49er game and the Colt game, they're averaging 40, and I wanted to say – Andrew, there, you know, I was like, that offense is averaging 40. And last year at this time, the offense was coughing and wheezing. But then I remembered they played Pittsburgh and clenched home field. They scored 31. Drew Brees threw for 300 yards. Like, am I a prisoner of the moment? Or when you look at this offense, is it clearly better 
than where it was at this time last year? Oh, I think the Colts were exceptionally bad. Um, but oh, we'll get to know, their offense in a section. Their offense. No, no, was, I'm, yeah, no, I'm talking about the defense though. I think defensively, they just didn't have the guys to cover the Saints, and um, they didn't have the pass rush really. I mean, I, I thought the Saints' offensive line honestly didn't even play that well. They looked banged up, but um, you know, they, it didn't matter. Breeze was torching them because they couldn't cover Jared Cook and they couldn't cover Michael Thomas and. You know, the bottom line is at least, I mean, two weeks ago they played the 49ers, who were the best defense in the league, according to everyone, and they put up 40-whatever. And, you know, then they play a bad defense and they light them up. I mean, that's what a good offense does is they light up a bad defense. Now, do I expect them to go into Tennessee in cold weather and put up 35-plus? No. I think you know, every matchup mm, is different. I looked at Tennessee today, Andrew. I kind of do. Tennessee's got a lot of problems. We'll get to them. Later. Yeah, but but I think the bottom line is that football is a game of execution. It's a game of momentum, and they have that right now. And Jared Cook, it took him a while to get going. It took a while for Breeze and him to develop a rapport, but that that's there now. And so this offense is starting – Taysom Hill is starting to understand more what they want out of him in the passing game, and they're starting to hit on a couple big plays to him. And Traquan Smith is getting, you know, one or two catches, but one of them is a touchdown. He's starting to contribute a little bit. So everyone is starting to understand their role a little bit better. Um, and I just think the bottom line is Breeze. And it's so weird that he always does this after an injury. I don't understand. Like he, he comes back stronger. He always does this. HDH. But, but he's blood. playing at, at, I mean, is there a discernible, like, if you watch him last, last night in person, Dave, is there, maybe he doesn't have quite the arm strength downfield, but, like, was there a discernible difference to you between 2009, 2011, and that game on Monday night? I haven't noticed, what, as far as, like, Drew and his mechanics? Yeah, and yeah. Pro- I mean, he just I, looks I like haven't the noticed. He looks as yeah, awesome he, as ever. Uh, <laughs> uh, he, yes, he. Throws the ball uh, the same as he always ever has. I mean, he's more accurate. I, I mean, that's one of uh, yeah. I mean, that's one of his. Obviously, that's one of his great uh, talents is his accuracy and his ball placement. Um, yeah, it's just yeah. It's. I mean, it's, un- it's un- Here's the thing, Dave, and I want you to answer as well, Andrew. The last couple weeks, I think have have moved the discussion if it wasn't there already to if Drew wants to come back the, he's coming back and the Saints will sign him and go to year to year and if that means Teddy leaves so be it whereas you know after Teddy went 5 and 0 oh, we had to say hey we'll have to see how Breeze looks you know it could be difficult could be a lot of difficulty in the offseason deciding what the Saints want to do now if Breeze says he's coming back the Saints are saying okay and going year to year right they're not they're not um they're not going to move they're not going to force Drew out is what i'm saying i would think i mean i don't <laughs> i mean why would you do that i mean, I mean yeah you got to i think i think they're going to try their damnedest to keep them both if they can but uh after five and oh teddy i'm not sure that's going to be possible uh, i mean the colts yeah, should think... be signing teddy bridgewater <laughs> they really should seriously 
Um, yeah, I think uh, I think you got to go. You got to keep going with with Drew. I mean, you know, for 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 so many reasons. Uh, not just for the fact that he's still healthy and you, is still a good quarterback. Andrew, do you as this year goes along, do you get do you start to lean either way on what he's going to do? Stay or go? Yeah, I, I I don't know. I mean, he's the number one passer in the league right now. So yeah, first of all, I agree with Dave. I I, I love Teddy. The five and zero thing was amazing. If Breeze retires. Um, then I would absolutely want the combination of Bridgewater and Taysom Hill as our quarterbacks next year and let that shake out how it may. But I would want Teddy back, and, and I would hate to lose him. But, I mean, first of all, forget all the history. For, forget what he means to the city, what he means to the fan base. Forget all, all the Super Bowl. Forget all that. You have the number one rated quarterback in the NFL. Like, he's freaking awesome and and i bridgewater played well and the team went five and oh and they rallied behind him but bridgewater is not on that level he's just not so if you ask me like who would i prefer like age is kind of out the door breeze is a better quarterback period and so if he gives you a chance at a title you stick with him he's the best rated quarterback in the league now you know if teddy leaves you'd have to probably think pretty hard about drafting a quarterback first in the first round um, unless you feel really good about Taysom, but um, but until Breeze wants to leave, if he's playing now, it, it would be different for me if Breeze was playing poorly. Like if he came back from the thumb and he just didn't look the same, or if he had a sharp decline, um, then then it would be more difficult because then it's like, yeah, maybe we pass the torch to Teddy, and that's that's hard because like you watch the Colts walk away from Peyton Manning and he went to Denver and he won a Super Bowl, and that's that's hard on. Colts fans, I'm sure, to watch that. But I, I, I think this the way it is, man. I, I just there's no way you walk away from Breeze right now if he wants to keep playing. Now, the, the one question in my mind, I, I tend to think he keeps going. But if he wins a Super Bowl, that would be a great way to go out. So that's where it, the, the Super Bowl thing is the trump card. I feel like if he wins, there's a chance he walks. Well, and the other well, thing is too. Super Super Bowl aside, I know this is crazy, but I don't I don't think it would. Why not sign him? Look, why not sign him to a three or four year deal? I know he's already forty years old. I know that makes him eligible to play for forty till he's forty four. I know that's fucking crazy. But other than his age, okay, if Drew Brees was twenty seven years old. And he had the exact same statistics. What would you do with a quarterback like that that was up for contract? You he'd, have fucking... a, he'd have a 10-year, $250 million deal. Exactly! <laughs> the only thing, the only reason we're even having this conversation, the only thing that's holding us back from just saying, pay the fucking man, uh, or, and that would potentially be holding back Mickey Loomis, whatever, is his age, Yet there is nothing. There is nothing on paper. There is nothing in at looking at the uh, looking at his body of work. There is absolutely nothing that says we should stiff this guy and we should only, you know, he's only gonna he's only got a year left. What what have what have any of you seen or anybody that's even listening to this? Anybody that's in with with an earshot of this? Play that man his money. What have you seen 
that might have been the first time you've used that correctly. <laughs> what have you seen uh, that leads you to believe that he is not going to that he's going to continue on not going to continue on this pace? Yeah, no, I nothing. I, the, I, I, I would though, if. If the Saints went out and this, gave him I, I four years, a hundred million, on. and Loomis cooked it up to more voidable years, like I, it wouldn't, I wouldn't be like that's a bad idea. <laughs> you know, that's what I'm no. saying. That's what I'm saying. That's if that's, Drew wants to keep playing, I want to keep watching him. Right. Yeah, I think no. That's but here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. My my view is, and I said this on the podcast earlier this morning, Ralph. I'm subscribe seven dollars a month. Stars. I'm thinking my lucky stars, though, that Mickey Loomis and Jeff Ireland redid the scouting department and they went in the draft and they took Michael Thomas in the second round and they traded up to the third round to go get Alvin Kamara and they put these pieces around Breeze because I don't know, like, I like we're saying that Tom Brady's washed and he's terrible, but like Gronk just retired. No, what would would Tom Brady's? What would Tom Brady look like right now if Gronk was still awesome and he was still there? And like, man, Michael Thomas is—it's a joke, man. You—you you, you literally cannot guard the guy. He is ridiculous. He's it's the not, best receiver in the league. It's and not just a clever Twitter handle. It's no. not. And and but but I, I just I'm so thankful. Like, what does Breeze look like without Thomas, without Kamara right now, and without the scouting department doing such a good job landing him these playmakers now? Breeze is responsible for their for them being so good too. I mean, I you know that's a give and take there. But my point is, um, you know, I, you, it's kind of going back to what Dave said about, hey, this is a team sport, and you just look at Breeze aging like a fine wine, getting better. It's like, thank God they landed on Michael Thomas to help him continue to do this. Yeah, I mean, Michael Michael Thomas, they they got a bargain when they gave him a hundred million. And, and we said I'm not that even, at the time. I'm not we even kidding. We, like, we knew it at the time. He, I mean, that, that catch, that one-handed catch, I mean, that dude is freaking awesome. And the thing is, teams know it. They know it's coming, and they still they cannot stop it. It's amazing. And, and I'm going to tell you something, Dave. I think in the playoffs that that's going to be a huge advantage for the Saints because what we've seen all year is – Teams can't fucking stop it. Maybe New England with Gilmore could, but they're in the AFC. So if it comes down to a game late where it's tied and the Saints need fucking yards, like Drew Brees is going to be like, I'm going to go to Michael Thomas, and Michael Thomas is going to be throw it to me. I'm going to get open. And, like, teams aren't going to stop it. And I just think that's a trump card that the Saints could play in the playoffs. It's going to be a huge thing for them. But, Andrew – we mentioned it's Trey reminiscent, It's reminiscent of the 2011 uh, Jimmy Graham days, you know. I, yes. We felt the same way about Jimmy Graham, except honestly, th- this is that on Th- steroids. Thomas is way better. Yeah. yeah, this is this is that times a hundred. It's that which is even more ridiculous. Well, well you, you know, know it, as a kid, like growing up, I mean, I just remember before Montana was, you know, Steve Largent, you know, was known as the best receiver, and it was Dave Craig and Steve Largent, and that pairing and then you Montana and, and, and Jerry Rice obviously was like way better than that. And that was, and then it was Peyton Manning and Marvin Harrison. These were like these incredible tandems and you don't really think about Breeze and Thomas in those terms because I, I watch them every Sunday. It's the team I root for. So 
I don't really have that that mental connection, I guess. But but it, when I stop and I think about it, they really are the mo- modern day Montana and Rice. Like they they are the league standard that combination. Yeah, and the interesting thing about Michael Thomas is he doesn't get a lot of Sports Center highlights. Like he had the you know the the, the he had the catch Monday night because it was one handed and it was amazing. But most of the time. He's an afterthought when the Saints win. It's like, oh, yeah, Michael Thomas had 10 for a buck 30 and a touchdown. Because his catches, they're just, it's just relentless perfection. It's not these Tariq Hill 50-yard bombs, you know. Um, but back to this offense, Dave, Jared Cook's looking good. But Traquan Smith, if we could convince him that every week Drew Brees is breaking a record, I think he could be as good as Michael Thomas. <laughs> I don't know about that. He doesn't have Michael Thomas's uh, size, and uh, he doesn't, as far as I know, he doesn't do hand yoga. Um, but uh, better freaking start. <laughs> but yeah, I. Uh, it's nice to see him coming along a little bit, uh, especially now that it's getting late in the season and the playoffs are coming up. So he, he should have to- obviously should have had Drew Brees's should have had the game the record breaking touchdown of what course. a bullshit call that was I, I, uh, I loved well i loved i loved how in peyton's post-game press conference he sarcastically said uh you know he referred to it as a good call he was like yeah that was obvious pass interference so that was a good call. <laughs> i but feel like andrew traquan smith is back to the level that he was last year going into the dallas game but he got hurt and he didn't play in the dallas game and he never really recovered from that foot injury i feel like he's at that level where last year we're like oh he's interesting he's coming along he might be something i feel like he's back to that that i don't know if you call it good but possibilities of being good yeah and you know he could have had a bigger game too i mean obviously he had the second touchdown that was wiped off uh he only had the one catch, but there was also he drew pass interference on one throw down the field. So like there were there were a couple plays there. There was the bomb to him on the free play on the offsides, which actually was good coverage, and he didn't make the play there. But so he, statistically, it just said like one target, one catch. But his game was different than that. I'm still looking for more consistency from him. But you know the good sign in that game when I watched the tape was there were several plays where he was wide open. And Breeze didn't throw it to him because Michael Thomas and Jared Cook were too. So like, <laughs> there were plays where like, it, it, sometimes I watch Traquan Smith and I just like I, I'll go a whole half and I'm like, dude's not freaking open, you know. And so that that can be more alarming where it's just like, is this guy is this light ever going to come on? Is this guy oh, an NFL quality receiver? But in that Colts game, I saw him frequently like, oh, Breeze could have gone there. In fact, he was less covered than Michael Thomas. But Breeze was still going to Thomas anyway, and it worked. I mean, obviously, he was 29 of 30, um, so no no judgment, Drew. But uh, in that game, I, I just feel like statistically, if Breeze wanted to go his way, he could have more. Before we get to the defense, Dave, Michael Thomas, 150 catches. Can he get there? What is he at now? He's at 130. Yeah. Three, yeah. I mean, I think we, I think we, ten, ten about, catches a game is like, is yeah, like routine. Right. I think we talked about this a few weeks ago, and we were like, well, he pretty much averages ten catches a week, so that would that would have gotten him there at that time. 
And we've got, what, two he's games got, left? He's got to get 17 in two weeks to get oh, to 150. He'll have 20, at least, for sure. <laughs> and what's the record for to- most catches? I think he needs 11 to get the record, right? Yeah, he needs well, 11. Could, he might break that next week. Yeah. So uh, Yeah, he's going to get there for sure. Andrew, the Saints held the Colts to seven points. But how much of that was the Saints' defense and how much of that was the Colts' offense, specifically their quarterback, being fucking atrocious? I did not realize Brissett had fallen off that much. I thought he was like an average quarterback. He is nowhere near that. Well, he was was good early in the year. He had some good stats. Yeah, but not not last night he was not. I don't know what happened to that guy, but so last night, I mean, obviously, I was watching the game closely, but I was drinking and I was with my cousin, and it's just like you know, we were. It was a celebration. So I, I didn't fancy fancy wine. Yes, yeah. I was. I mean, fancy uh, champagne. champagne. Yeah, but so I was. I was watching the game, and to me, like he looked bad in person. But when I went back and watched the film today, like it, it's it was not pretty. I mean, he looked like when you know when Cam Newton looks really bad and he can't hit the broadside of a barn. That's what it looked like. I mean, he was missing guys all game. His accuracy was, he was way off. And he and seemed determined to get a completed pass against Demario Davis and was unsuccessful. Like, yeah, that was weird. It's like every third down, he'd be like, all right, let's find Demario Davis. And it's like, no, nope, it's still not working, buddy. Maybe maybe try PJ Williams and Eli Apple like everyone else does. That seems to work. <laughs> But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, give the defense credit. They had like 47 yards on what, 19 carries or something. So, the, I mean, defensively, the run game, I mean, that was back, which was nice because against the 49ers, they gashed us on the ground. And so that's, that's been the Saints defense's calling card is stopping the run. So at least we saw that. Um, that's, that was a really good sign. Uh, but, the pass rush still makes me nervous. I mean, they only had the one sack, and honestly, that one sack just came because P.J. Williams blitzed, and they timed it well. Um, but uh, I don't know. Like, not having Davenport and Rankins, I think I think pass rush is going to be tough to come by. Um, They've got Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, so nice they named him thrice. He's, uh, he's like their new leading rusher. He spends half the day in the backfield. He got concussed, though. That's not good. Uh, Whatever. But, Jared Cook got concussed. He didn't um, even miss a game. Did, did uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, did he play well enough in that game to uh, signal the end of Von Bell as a saint? Ooh, that's a good question. Probably. I mean, they can't pay everybody. And if they, if you got to pick one, I'm t- I, I want them to pay on Yamada. I feel like defensive linemen are harder to find than safeties. Um. You know, Andrew, we were really close close to having me doing a breaking news podcast, drunk and shirtless, and I might have had to find hard drugs. I'd have been so excited. The Saints, they got Janoris Jenkins. We'll talk about that in a second. But they also put a claim in for Terrell Suggs. Can you imagine the breaking news podcast if they'd have got Terrell Suggs and Janoris Jenkins? On waivers. Yeah, that would have that would have been nuts to land both. Um, Wait, Terrell Suggs still pl- is plays in the league. 
<laughs> yeah, he's still like he's still a double digit sack guy. Yeah. What? Uh, for yeah. who? Well, Kansas he was with City the Cardinals, now. and I guess they cut him to do him give him a solid because they want to play young guys because their season's over. And uh, he was claimed by the Chiefs. Yeah, he I wanted really to go to Baltimore. Terrell Suggs retired like five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> he no. is like thirty-seven. Yeah, he's like the Drew Brees of defense. I mean, the yeah. thing is, so though, they, he's, they he's... don't get Suggs, but you know, and I, honestly, I would have liked him as a situational. He's got five and a half sacks. It's better than uh, pretty much everyone not named Cam Jordan on the Saints, right? Davenport. Um, I mean, currently. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but Janoris Jenkins, he's a good player. The Giants, I don't know why they cut him. I, if he did the, the Twitter rant and, and got in trouble, why you cut him? Why don't you just, like, suspend him without pay? And, and But whatever. I mean, they're bad. Maybe they wanted to play young kids too. But Andrew, yeah, well, they're, I think they're bad. He's 31. They're moving on from him anyway. They want to play the young kids, and I just think he wouldn't apologize and – they're like, you know what? We don't want this guy in our locker room right now. We're trying to build something, and he's not going to be around next year. Let's let's get him out now, and let's not have the, these issues with him with these last two games. So, I mean, we've seen it. It happens. Teams do it. Um, now, the thing is, I'm not that worried about him being a knucklehead because it's a really low risk to the Saints. It's like if if he's going to be if he's going to come into the New Orleans locker room and not humble himself, they they can just cut him. They can cut him tomorrow, so it's really no skin off their backs. And so I feel this is really low risk, um, but I do think he's going to probably. I mean, he's a professional. He's a smart guy. He's going to understand that he's going into a situation where I just went from a hellhole, you know, a team that was losing every single week, <laughs> to a team that's playing for a Super Bowl, playing for something bigger. And like this is my chance. I'm 31 years old. Like I can go win a title. If I keep my head on straight and I do all the right things at practice and in the locker room, and I, I feel we've seen this before, you know, where players they get their head on right in situations like this. I think he will. Doesn't it kind of like I don't know? It's kind of like lame though if you just join a team like in week sixteen or whatever, and then you go and win a Super Bowl, and like you you barely know everybody, and uh, you were only on the team for like three weeks. It's kind of like I don't know. Do you really feel like no, man? You were I mean, really a part of it. Shane Graham, Shane Graham kicked the game-winning field goal for the Saints in 2013. He was a kicker. He was on the team for like a month. You know? Yeah, and we really loved him after that. Yeah. <laughs> Look, one of the great gingers in Saints history. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so, what is a realistic sort of expectation for him? Like, what, what what level does he have to attain, Dave, for you to be like, yeah, I'm happy they got him? Like, does he have to be P.J. Williams level good from last year? Like, what level does he have to be for you to be excited that the Saints signed him? Janoris Jenkins? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he's just got to, like, you know – if he makes a couple of memorable, you know, important plays at, at, at you know, a good, you know, good play at a key moment, you know, in the playoffs or something like that, you know, as long as he's not also a liability, uh, whether it's penalties or something like that, then, then I would say I'd be like, okay, yeah, good thing they got him. 
Yeah, he made he's he made that fourth down stop. Uh, uh, you know, late in the fourth quarter. So I'm glad they picked him up. Also, I mean, the the answer to that question is really simple. It's he needs to be better than PJ Williams or Eli Apple right now. If he can do that, <laughs> then I'm glad they signed him. You know, and now that's the thing, though. I don't know if he's going to have a role on this team. I mean, remember last year they signed Brandon Marshall, and it was a warning to all the receivers on the team, like, hey, we're we don't feel good about where we are at receiver, so we signed Brandon Marshall, and he's going to play if. You guys don't step up, and Keith Kirkwood was better at practice. He stepped up, and you know he was playing well in the games, and so Marshall never got a chance. And I think this could be like that. I, I think it could be like he's got to earn his way to a role. Like I don't know that they're just going to go into Tennessee and start him this week. I mean, it's possible that they're that unhappy with Eli Apple that they would just – throw him in there but I mean, they did that with eli I, apple because of because remember ken crawley they traded eli apple we're like they, they, they just traded for that dude on a tuesday they're not playing him he was starting minnesota big, sunday big night difference between giving up a third round pick and or fourth round whatever it was yeah. and big difference between that and a waiver claim though yeah but i mean if you're fed up you're fed up right no, you are, but I, I'm just wondering if it's more like Brandon Marshall. I mean, I don't know which one of the yeah. two. Well, Brandon Marshall was – the thing with Brandon Marshall is he was completely and utterly washed. He was, he was. But I, I wonder if it's part of it's just like, hey, let's get the guy in the building. Yeah. We don't like the way Eli Apple and PJ are playing right now, and it's a warning shot to those guys. Hey, pick up your play and play better, or we've got a guy – you should be looking over your shoulder because we've got a guy in the locker room. And it kind of goes back to that Parcells and Sean Payton saying of – Always make the building uncomfortable. Is 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 the saying "make the building uncomfortable"? Is that a better saying, Dave, than "worry about like, your meat"? Like, well, no, no. Worry about your meat is certainly right now the uh, top level Sean Paytonism. Is that uh, shirt you were wearing so at the live show? Are, are you starting to move merch? Are there a lot of requests for the uh, "worry about your meat" shirt? My wife posted. My wife. Matt, my wife. Posted a picture of me my wife last night, and a couple of her friends were messaging her saying they need they needed them. Side note: Speaking of meat, uh, Dave, you're not being stealthed at all with whatever it is you're eating. What Actually, are you? It is it is meat. It's prosciutto. <laughs> I'm surprised. Some probably so in a totally ironic of events. Gummy bears, some shit. Sour Patch Kids. I was eating Sour Patch Kids at the game last night. Did That's you sprinkle? Sweet. Did you sprinkle a little brown sugar on the prosciutto? No, 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 no. When I, when it comes to meats, I like I like it salty. <laughs> I get the sweet from the candy. I get the salty from my dried cured meat. Uh, so I'm Italian. What, what can I? It's in my DNA. I can't help it. People in the chat room, Andrew. They have a lot of questions. They're in fact they're having a discussion about your adopted UDFA. Uh, Carl Granderson, uh, is he going to have to have a role now because no Marcus Davenport, no Rankins? Are we going to need like need him to do actual things? And does he have unicorn potential, a.k.a. George Johnson from 2017? <laughs> You're talking about uh, George Johnson, who the Saints picked up off waivers, or it just like picked him up late in the season, and he got like three sacks during the year, yeah. uh, which is why, he, why he's a unicorn. Uh, but Carl Granderson looked good in that game. He, uh, he had four tackles, which led um, the defensive line. And I was surprised that he, he's kind of wiry and he's tough to block. And so he would bounce off a lot of those 
blocks on run plays and be disruptive. You know, either he'd make the tackle or he would kind of get in a lane to force redirect a runner. So he was doing a lot of those things that you want a defensive end to do to be disruptive. And he was tough to block that way. Um, you know, he doesn't have great technique pass rushing. So you can just tell, like, once a guy gets hands on him, it's kind of over. And he doesn't have, like, the natural bend. But he's just a really good athlete. So he's really unpolished. and But you can tell why the Saints really liked him. And I, I guess, like, when he was in jail and all that, they stuck <laughs> with him. I mean, now it makes sense because you watch him and he's he is a terrific athlete. Um, the difference is... He's unpolished, but he doesn't have the strength that Davenport has. So while Davenport is unpolished, he's so strong and athletic and fast in combination of those three things that he gets away with bad technique because he's just a freak. Um, uh, he, doesn't, he doesn't have quite that power. The, the dream scenario for me is in the first playoff game, he has like two and a half sacks, and then the national media gets interested in him, and then they realize about his past – and they start asking the Saints questions about it. And the oh, Saints, God. being the dicks that they are, are like, you only care about that now because he's good. He's been with us for however long, and you haven't asked that question all year. Go fuck yourself. And that'll just make the media matter. And I'm And then the video for... surfaces. Yeah, I'm well, unless video of him doing something horrible surfaces. But hopefully that wouldn't happen. But I'm here for it. But here's here's a question from, from I, I can't wait. I can't wait for my next UDFA son to uh, be a Pro Bowler next year. I should have picked Deontay <laughs> Harris. Damn it! We're doing this again next year, by the way. Yeah, oh, absolutely. This oh, is we like are picking ponies. But uh, I mean, Granderson was a great pick, but uh, Shy Tuttle and Deontay Harris would have been better picks, actually. Oh, well, if Deontay, one of us picked Shy Tuttle, we would have been yeah. the absolute winner. Deontay yeah, Harris made the game is, is a, one of the rare rookie UDFAs to make a Pro Bowl. Um, I was surprised because usually punt returners and kick returners, it's all name recognition. I was really surprised that. Yeah, but he leads the league. Yeah, but still, I mean, Demario Davis is awesome. Ryan Ramchek is the best rated tackle in football, and they didn't go so. You know, but here's a question that that someone has. You know, last year, Dave, Sean Payton wheeled in the winner's share if you go to the Super Bowl, right, or you win the Super Bowl. He wheeled it in on like a like a pallet of money. So, like, what's going to be his motivational tactic this year? You think for the playoffs? And and by the way, it was really weird. Sean Payton was trying to give a serious speech to the Saints after the Monday night win, and they had the strobe lights going and the and the and the the fog. It was really weird that whole scene in the Saints post game locker room. It looked like they were not in the locker room. It looked like they were at a club, um, which I'm here for. But it was just weird. They did that last. They did that last year, didn't they? Yeah, but you never saw like Sean Payton like trying to give a serious speech while the lights were going. Uh, you know, uh, they always like yeah, yeah. did all the speech stuff and then kicked on the lights. <laughs> you know, it was like a, it was like a, it was like a bad scene. It was like it looked like a scene from every given Sunday that they cut out because it was just too ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> um. To answer your question, Ralph, what are they going to do? I don't know if I said this before. Maybe we've even had this talk last year. But um, I think what Peyton's going to do is um, he's going to get a cardboard cutout, like a life-size cardboard cutout of Gail Benson. And then uh, you've seen Major League, the movie. Oh, oh, oh my. 
And then so like every win, every win that the Saints get from here on out to the Super Bowl, you they rip a, a piece of Gail Benson's. Yeah, but in Major uh, League, they hated off. the owner. They love Gail. Wouldn't <laughs> yeah, no, but it's just still just fine. Ralph, wouldn't it be on. like the you're, ref? You're wouldn't it be like Bill Voinovich? You're ruining this, Ralph. Like the ref? What? Like instead of like every every win, they put like a target on them, or like, you know, not even not even close to as funny as my no, idea. No, it's not. <laughs> which which actually wasn't even my idea. It was a movie. It was in a movie. Gail wants to move the team to Miami. Um, <laughs> have Peyton screaming about uh, meat at a ref effigy on fire. I wonder if Sean Payton has trademarked uh, worry about your meat and Dave's in some sort of violation as he plans to profit. Uh, I wonder what happens if you type worry about your meat in the Pornhub search. Uh, oh, search my box. God. <laughs> somebody, somebody in the chat room do this. I, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't contaminate the new computer. I got to, I got to keep it clean probably... as a whistle. Somebody, somebody, somebody do that. In the chat room and tell us what you find. Uh, this, th- that's totally on brand for our podcast, though. Asking asking our listeners to go to Pornhub and type in "worry about your meat" and tell us what comes up. Uh, no comment. <laughs> uh, so the Saints, they got Tennessee, and we'll get to that in in just a little bit, but. I want to talk a little bit about the Pro Bowl. I'm not really – I don't really give a shit about the Pro Bowl and who gets snubbed and who doesn't because now with the way they do it, it's just like they pick like – you know, Mitch Trubisky fucking made the Pro Bowl for what? the Bears last Get out of here. Yeah, he played because like so many people like either, you know, they opt out. <laughs> I mean, they, you, know, you knew I was kidding when I said it was the authority earlier, right? Yeah. Okay, good. But I, I mean, mean – wait, 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 who are the NFC quarterbacks? How did – isn't it only three that make it? Yeah. Well, who were the three? I think it was. Did Breeze play in the game? Well, are you talking about last year? Yeah. Oh, oh. I was gonna say like he didn't make it this year. No, he didn't make it this year, but he made it no, last there's year. There's so... like there's like freaking oh, yeah. 15, no. 20 quarterbacks that are better than him. No, but he made it last year. So all I'm saying is like all these Saints players that got snubbed, like details, Ralph. They'll details. get in. You know, like Demario Davis. But the thing is, you don't want the Saints in the game because you want them fucking practicing for the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, but they still get credit for making the team. Yeah. Like, it that. goes on their Wikipedia page that they're an eight-time Pro Bowler if they, yeah. if they go to the Super Bowl, you know? And you get that, that, you get that bonus the, money. The, yeah, that's the thing. The players care about it because they want the bonus money, and it helps them both in their Hall of Fame resume if they're really good. And it helps them in their contract negotiations. So it matters to the players. Like, it's it's a farce and it's ridiculous. And, yeah, I mean, you just said it. Like, the fact that Mitchell Trubisky played in that game is enough to support the hypothesis that it should be burned to the ground. But uh, the players care about that. They care about the honor. It's got yeah. a lot of history, if nothing else. You know, Dave, this is the first year since the Saints got good again in 2017 this is the first year where uh, we've gotten into the last two, three weeks of the year, and we have to. We need other teams to do things for the Saints to 
get home field or get something we want, you know, because in, in 2017, yeah, they won a bunch in a row, but they were kind of locked in to the three seed even the last month or so, and home field wasn't really in play because Phil, I think Philadelphia started out like 13-1 and one or something, so they were never really in it for um, – home field or a buy even uh, and last year they were so good that they just controlled the whole thing from from the from the jump this year we need help uh so that's thank a little you, bit what's that i said thank you falcons thank you falcons that was quite amazing that the falcons managed to pull that off uh i got real excited uh in a subway as the julio <laughs> broke the plane people in were a sub Subway sandwich shop? Yeah. Or Subway like a train? Subway sandwich. I was oh, like, okay. I need the honey teriyaki. Oh, my God. He broke the plane. <laughs> the woman the, the woman in the, the little thing, she like jumped back. I was like, I'm sorry. I got excited, you know? Uh, I thought that was funny, Ralph. Very good. I mean, I pay, um, for the, I pay for the Sunday ticket. I was watching it on my phone. Um. Uh, do you think that like Peyton called Dan Quinn? You know, do you think because the Saints played the Niners last week? So do you think Peyton like saw stuff on film uh, after the Saints played the Niners and called Quinn and was like, "Look, no, but he what, sent him something nice, here, right, you know? Andrew? You gotta send him Say something. Again? You gotta send you gotta send him something nice for that win, right? A fruit cake, a bottle oh, yeah. of wine. Oh yeah, for gift sure. card to the oh, cheesecake I mean, factory, like, something, you, something nice." Do you think Peyton called Quinn and said, "Look, I'm, I, I see this on tape, and I see this on tape. So think about, think about. You think like Peyton basically helped coach the Falcons mm. this week just so that he could get the win over the Niners? Because you know Dan Quinn can't do it all. He can't do it himself. <laughs> he called. He called Dan <laughs> Quinn and said, "Throw it to fucking Julio over and over and over again in the fourth quarter." Oh, the Pelicans lost in overtime. Good for them. Oh, uh, when was the last time the Pelicans won a game? 2013. Mm. I, I think Teddy Bridgewater was playing back then oh my god um and they're on national tv like 30 times i i think it was teddy bridgewater but it might have been steve walsh <laughs> has anybody actually seen zion in public are we sure that he's even alive i saw him he posted on he posted on instagram that he bought a puppy he got a puppy you know because he needs the comp we all need a puppy. if you're a pelicans <laughs> fan you need a puppy um, he's got lots of down take the puppy for a walk but you know andrew the playoff scenario i don't argue with people because i don't get in the simulators and all that but what i understand is the saints they cannot be a three-way tie because a three-way tie fucks them yes yep pretty much um we need the Packers to lose. That's uh, that's the simplest way I can put it. Um, the fucking Bears could have pulled it off last week. Yeah, they they mean, were doing the lateral play at the end, and the guy was open. And he didn't, yes. he didn't look to the other side of the field. If he had just looked in the other direction, he could have lateraled it to the wide-open guy who would have just walked in for the touchdown. Didn't didn't they need to go for two after They would have needed though? to yes. go for two, yeah. And true, yeah. there's no way Trubisky wasn't blowing that. I, that's um, yeah. Right. Never mind. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But uh, so, yeah, that's the simplest thing. I mean, you know, obviously you can pay attention to Seattle. You can pay attention to the 49ers. Those are still games that matter and having implications for the Saints, too. Uh, but it's really the Packers that we want to lose. If they lose, 
Uh, and, you know, they'll have pressure on him going into Minnesota. Minnesota still has a chance to win that division, too. So Minnesota wants to win. And uh, Minnesota's playing well right now. They'll be at home. And uh, so if the Saints can win on Sunday, uh, then that game Monday night will have extra significance. And that'll put pressure on the Packers. So Wait, 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 um, wait, wait. It's, it's, it's Packers versus Vikings on Monday night? Yes. Yeah. It's, Kirk, it's Kirk Cousins in primetime? Yes. yes. I mean, eventually, yeah. eventually Cousins <laughs> has to win a Monday night game. Right? Oh, no! We suck again! He sucks on primetime. But, Dave, look at the bright side. He's got to win eventually on a Monday night, right? That's like that's, that's like saying. that's like when you flip a coin nine times and it's heads and you say it's got to come up tails this time, right? Because it's ready to come. It doesn't matter. It's a 50-50 <laughs> shot every way, every time. So with Kirk Cousins, you've got like a 5% chance of winning on primetime. Joey says no Delvin Cook. Ugh. Fuck, we're fucked. And then what? <laughs> and then the Packers have the Lions? The Lions are yeah. such trash. The Lions I, uh, are the only... I, I understand that, but we have a better chance of the Lions at this point. With Kurt. Forget it, the whole Monday night thing? If this game was at noon on Sunday, I would say, yeah, the Vikings can win. But Monday night, forget it. Fucking forget <laughs> it. <laughs> Tom says darkness <laughs> is the cousin's kryptonite. The nighttime. Yeah, true. She's got a point. <laughs> He's like the opposite of a vampire. Um, well, on on Saturday you got Rams Niners. Um, so and no doubt Alvin Cook. That's right. Forget it. Fuck. Come on, Lions. We we, we kind of want the Rams to win that. Um, although golf that, that is game golf hurt his thumb though. So you might get Bortles. Uh oh. Wait, is he is he a questionable to play? No, I think oh. he's fine. I think he's going to be okay. Okay. Okay, now, a- so let's say the Saints get the third seed. So that means they've got to host a game in the wild card round. Do we know? We don't know whether that would be on Saturday or Sunday, correct? Correct. Correct. But the opponent would be Vikings or, um, I mean, I guess the Rams are still sort of in it. No, but... I'm not concerned about the. I'm concerned about well, it my could be Vikings. It could be Vikings. Vikings or the Niners. It could be the Niners. Just no, because no, because they either the Niners would be five. The Niners or Seattle would probably be five because if the Vikings don't win on Monday night, even yeah, if they win the six. final game, that still only gets them to eleven, right? Right. So that would still make them six. Yep. So it's that. So, ooh, I don't know, Dave. I don't know how I'd feel about the Vikings. That would make me. I don't know. That's a lot. Of, that's a lot of playoff. I don't. know. Scars. <laughs> I am really nervous that the Packers are going to win out. Yeah, and they're going to play, be playing in school, baby. <laughs> yeah, stupid Detroit. They fired Jim Caldwell. And now they they hired a Patriot person to get them the Patriot way, and now they're back to being the Lions. Jim Caldwell got them fucking to nine and seven. They should have been happy with it. Um, so, I mean, is is there a preference of a team you want, Andrew, in the playoffs, or you, or you can't, you haven't figured that out yet? No one scares me in the NFC. I mean, I, it's not like I'm saying the Saints are better than everyone. They're going to destroy every team. I'm, I'm not saying that, but I, I just think they match up well favorably with all those teams. I think they can... They can win. They can beat Minnesota. They can beat San Francisco. They can beat the Packers. They can beat the Seahawks. So, and they can lose to any of those teams too. So, uh, they'll have to play well. But um, 
I mean, obviously what I hope for more than anything is I, I just care about being at home. And everyone's real worked up about Green Bay, like going to Green Bay. Uh, that actually doesn't scare me that much. Going to Seattle, like it's not what it used to be. Like uh, I, I don't want to go there because it just then Drew is limited in what he can do. And I'd rather Drew be in a dome or in San Francisco. But I, I think if it became a game of ground and pound and tackling well and stopping the run because the weather's terrible, I still think the Saints are built to be able to win games like that. Yeah, I mean, Green Bay, they they win, but they do not. Like I don't I look at them and I'm like they're not that impressive. Like you look at their wins and their their wins they don't have like a bunch of great wins, you know. Yeah, but god. I mean, I don't know what George Janoris Jenkins is going to look like, but Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson against the secondary with no <laughs> pass rush. <laughs> It, it, it could be could be dicey. It could be very dicey. Um, speaking of dicey, uh, the Saints go to Tennessee. They are a one-point favorite. But before we get to game picks, go to mybookie.ag. They have the best online gambling site anywhere. If you're like me and you like to bet Money lines, Falcons, because it helped the Saints. You can do that. You can bet in-game fantasy. You can bet second-half lines if your first-half bet doesn't look so good and you want to try to chase a bad bet. You can bet a second-half line. You can bet a first-half line. My book, you bet anything you want. And right now, 100% sign-up bonus. Use the code CHAIR. 100% sign-up bonus. Put in 200, you get 200 to play with. Go to mybookie.ag, use the code CHAIR, and get 100% sign-up bonus. MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid. Terms and conditions apply. Dave, I look at this line for the Saints in Tennessee, and it just begs you to take the Saints. Saints are a one-point favorite at Tennessee. That line mm. looks really, really weird. Who you got? Saints are a one-point favorite. Yeah, that does. I mean, that's practically a pick'em. Uh, well, you know, you know, Drew Brees is the number one-rated quarterback in the NFL. You know who number two is? Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the ten- Titans have been playing pretty pretty well as of late, uh, and the whole Ryan Tannehill thing is uh, is, is is pretty funny. Uh, he's been playing pretty damn good, pretty damn well since he's gotten out of Miami, and they've given him a chance in Tennessee. Uh, obviously, Derrick Henry too. I mean, Tennessee's not a terrible team, but I just, you know, again, they're the Saints are on another level at this point. I think it, it's, it's this late in the season. We know who the bad teams are. We know who the good teams are, which I would say the Titans are, and we know who the great teams are, and I think the Saints are one of the great teams. Uh, what's what's the weather going to be like uh, on Sunday? 50s and sunny, 10% chance that's, of rain. That's fucking perfect. That's fine. That's not that cold at all. Uh, I, I think, uh, I don't know if it's going to be a blowout like, like we just saw last night over the Colts, but uh, I really think the Saints should be able to take care of business here. Uh, I'm not too worried about it. Again, I'm I'm honestly more worried about more worried about getting a little help from from the other teams, especially like you said, the Packers. But I'll say uh, Saints. Eh, I'll say Saints 32, 
Um, Titans. Titans seventeen. Ooh, that's kind of a blowout. Who's uh? MVP? And I'm gonna say uh, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Deontay Harris. We're gonna see him run Ooh, one back. That's a good. That's a good call. Yeah. Andrew, save, save that audio in case he does, so Dave can vote. Who, who you got? Um, I'll, I'll remember. Yeah. I know you will. Um, so I, I think this could be an ugly game. Like, I, I think this is going to be one of those where, like, kick the field goal. Please, God, Will, let's make this. Get out of there. Run straight to the airport and just never look back. <laughs> and I, I, I think it's – I feel like these Titan games often are like that. I think we're going to be surprised that points are a little tougher to come by. And it's not that the offense is going to be bad. It's just that I think they're going to feed Henry and they're going to have these long, methodical drives. They're going to take eight minutes off the clock, but then the Saints will stop them and it'll be three nothing Titans. You know, it'd be a game like that. And I just think Will Lutz is going to hit, you know, a 47 yarder at the gun. Saints win 20 to 18. I think it's going to be a game like that. And we're going to be charged. Either you're going to, some fans are going to freak out like, well, if we can't beat Tennessee easily. How are we going to beat any of these other teams? Like, there's going to be that, and then Ralph, you and I are just going to be like, "Oh my God, I can't believe they escaped with a win, win in advance, yeah. and survive." So, uh, I think it'll be like that. I think the Saints will win, and um, so I, I think they cover. Yeah, no, that's an interesting point. In 2011, when the Saints' offense became just a death star of destruction after the bye week, the one time that they didn't score 30. They went to Tennessee. They won 22-17. to It was an absolute disaster mess of a game, and their defense had to hold Tennessee at the end. Um, and here's the thing, man. Tennessee, they got this rookie receiver. For those of you that play fantasy, you know him, A.J. Brown. He averages 20 yards a catch. And the last four weeks, it's like 22 yards. Like, Tannehill he's just gonna, lined, He's going to beat Lattimore deep, I know. Like, it. they run play action and throw bombs to him. Like, that's basically their offense now. Um, the good news for the Saints, uh, Cam Wake, who was having a good year, he's out. Their pass rush is worse than the Saints. Their secondary is beat up. And the Texans should have beat them by more. But Deshaun Watson had two horrific uh, red zone interceptions. Um, so I think the Saints are going to play really well. They're going to shut down Derrick Henry, and it's about t- it's about time for Tannehill to turn into a pumpkin, isn't it? Really? I mean, yes. I, I, I feel like it is. I'm going to say Saints 27, Tennessee 17, um, but Tannehill's going to be a mess, and he's going to have like two touchdowns and two picks and a fumble, and it's going to be like, oh, yeah, that's the Ryan Tannehill we know. That's him. Uh, so that's that's my prediction on the game. What's what's your wife's prediction since she's a Miami Dolphins fan? Uh, what is she doing? Can, can we get her on, no, this, I... on this podcast? Her prediction, she, she, she uh, she's kind of broken up the with the Dolphins weeks ago. Yeah. No, she's kind of <laughs> yeah. broke <laughs> no, oh, she says, no, you're not. So what's your prediction for the Tennessee game? What's the prediction for Tannehill? <laughs> she says, you know everything. You make the call. She's upset. <laughs> it's not my fault the Dolphins are terrible. Does she want Tannehill to, like, succeed? Even do you want Tannehill to succeed, or do you want him to fail? 
He must. <laughs> I heard. I heard. <laughs> She's not bitter at all. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I, that's what I think. Twenty-seven, seventeen Saints MVP. Um. I'll go. I'll go. Jared Cook. He he's he's rolling. He needs to have a. Do you, do you guys feel like that's probably a game where a lot of Saints fans will go? I feel like Nashville is kind of a city where Saints fans will be well represented. Oh, totally. Because it's an easy it's an easy flight from New Orleans or wherever you need to get from. Yeah, like yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if like twenty percent of the stadium was Saints fans. Mm, yeah, maybe, maybe 10, 10, 10 to twenty. I think that's I think that's fair. That's a good call. Um, so. Uh, Oh, we got Vaccaro revenge game. I forgot Vaccaro played for them. Could get dicey. Does uh, he start? Yeah, I'm sure he does, unless he's injured. Uh, you know, but Tennessee is like, they're one of those teams, they're perpetually eight. It feels like they've been eight and eight every year since they went to the Super Bowl. Uh but that, ra- that pretty much wraps up the show. And I just want to say, the live show was so much fun. I, I, uh, I want to thank everybody again for, uh, for coming out. Uh, I'm sorry that I look so terrible in pictures. People have been sending them to me. Uh, I don't quite understand why I look so bad in pictures. But people have said that I should carry a newspaper around with me for proof of life. Because do you know do you know how to smile? I do, but I just I try to, and then it just always looks like I'm about to a, ma- co- a mass murder. Yeah, you know you gotta like hold the smile for a, for a little while just because people take different it you know, always, pictures. Different... I I'm just surprised that you weren't arrested, Ralph. Like it that they didn't pin every unsolved murder <laughs> in New Orleans on you. <laughs> <sighs> it's true. It's true. I mean, someone someone DM me a picture and they said, "Why do you always look like you just dumped a body in a river?" <laughs> you know. Yeah, you kind of look like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, but anyway, thanks a bunch, guys. We we appreciate the live show. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. Support it's supporting us like you do through patreon allows us to have live events like that so if you're listening live or if you're listening to this uh never any player you use consider supporting us it's seven dollars a month that allows us to do amazing events like we did uh this past saturday so thanks to you so for dave for andrew for kevin who's mia uh until next week the bar is closed <laughs>